The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. This is Radioactive Metal, your source for news, views, tunes, and interviews. Here are your hosts, Snowy, Rock, Corrine, and Aaron. What's up, everyone? Welcome Welcome to a top five. Thank you, John Cusack. Episode of Radioactive Metal. This is episode 741. And I'm Snowy White. And dear listeners, this is Aaron. And this episode is brought to you by the fine folks at True Cult Coffee. Are you looking for a coffee with high fidelity? See what I did there, Sammy? I, 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 I know exactly what you did there. Woo-hoo. Then you need True Call Coffee. T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T Coffee.com. Okay, I say this every week. And if you have not done it yet, it's on you, right? There's only so much I can do. There's only, like, I, I can't, I mean, we could, like, sneak into your house, sign you up for True Call Coffee emails. Yeah. But... That's way more effort than I want to put into this. Like, I just want to tell you about it because it's good stuff. But so if you're on the email list, you would have gotten the email I did today, um, a new roast announcement, right? It says, so today we'd like to announce a new roast, Arctic Swarm Cold Brew. So this is a coffee specifically di- designed for cold brew. You're thinking, Ooh, that yes. sounds great, but I don't know how to make cold brew. They've got you covered, right? Because I, I tell all, tell you guys all the time, like, they love coffee, right? Like, True Gold Coffee, they love metal, they love coffee. They will tell you how to make the coffee and how to do it the best way. Like, these are the people to get your coffee from, right? So, mm-hmm. check this out. Organic Dark Roast, which is my favorite, like Miro Calvete, right? Single right. origin coffee from the West Valley of Costa Rica. All right, with notes of dark chocolate, citrus, and caramel or caramel, depending on where you're from. Mm. Right? And so I'm like, okay, this sounds delicious. And I kind of want to get it because I don't know how long it's going to be here for. All right. Now, I um, saw this email. I read it. I'm like, wow, this sounds great. I scrolled down. I looked at the new image for the bag and the. Um, and everything, and I told Coffee Bean Oculta I was going to talk about this on the show tonight. It looks like a bunch of frozen dicks in the snow. 
And here's the deal. For for those of you who can't see the picture, like now when you see it, you're not gonna be able to unsee it now. But the way the true cult coffee <laughs> logo is positioned, it's kind of over what is a frozen hand in the snow, but it obscures the hand just enough that the way the thumb is sticking out, the palm, <laughs> it kind of looks like a penis on a cock or like a ball sack there. So it's it's mm. just like a little cock and balls. Um, hanging out in the snow. So, you know, um, I've obviously been joking with Confimino Calta that, um, you know, it looks like a bag of frozen dicks. And, um, you know, I told him I was going to tell him that, you know, that's what this comes with. And for, for our listeners, for our listeners, if you email Confimino Calta and say, hey, I ordered the new Arctic Swarm, um, I can't wait to get this frozen dick coffee. Um, they will give you a special price. They'll charge you double. All right. <laughs> Possibly even triple. That's it. <laughs> you know, and that's what we call being the smart ass tax, right? That's right. That's right. But Trust it's me. funny as hell. And uh, guys, this is like, I'm genuinely excited about this coffee. Cause like I said, I enjoy the dark roast that they put out anyway. This just it, it reads like a good whiskey, Snowy. You it does. Know? It does. And I'm like, yeah. oh, I need, like, so I, I know you're going to end up with this, right? I Because, you know, you and Mrs. Snowy always have your um, living room coffee date nights. Yes, very um, much so. So I, I can't wait to hear how you like this. And especially because, you know, that one month out of the year where um, – Winnipeg essentially reaches the uh, temperatures, uh, well, surf temperature of the planet Mercury. Uh-huh. Um, well, yeah. You know, this this would be great to have a cold brew, some iced yes. coffee. You it, know. Yeah, I was just thinking that as you're as you're explaining all this, I'm like, okay, this is perfect time for up here because it's as we speak, it is May first. That means summer is just around the corner and everyone likes to ha-ha make a joke about how it's always winter up here and we live in igloos. Fine, we enjoy that. But here on the Canadian prairies, we are a meteorologist's wet dream for sure. <laughs> no, I, I've often said if I you know, if 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 I was a weatherman, if I was a meteorologist, this is right where I would be living because temperature-wise. We go throughout through the space of a year minus forty to forty above and higher, like it's it's perfect. So we're going to be having those super hot days coming up, and this Arctic swarm sounds good. Oh, I think it's gonna be pretty darn amazing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm definitely on board with that. So yeah, thanks for the heads up with that. Hey, you're welcome. And dear listeners, you heard you heard it here first. If you have not subscribed to the email, otherwise, you're listening to this a week later, going back to look at the email and going, "Son of a bitch, it does look like a frozen dick." <laughs> I just I don't know how many frozen dicks I need in my life, but we definitely need this. Arctic well, according to this picture, at least five, right? Five. Okay. Uh, five five frozen dicks but anyways no how are you doing man <laughs> can't complain actually you know what as i said uh it's monday may 1st as we're speaking and i'm starting the evening off right okay before we get into anything else i want to quickly throw this out there my work shift died like my my clark kent job was 
done for the day. Mrs. Snowy came and picked me up. As we were pulling into our driveway, Mr. Radio Man, Mr. DJ Man goes, now here's UFO's Dr. Doctor. Okay, this is cool. Unfortunately, we're at the house already. So I, I just I just grabbed everything. I ran in the house. I said hi to everyone in the house. I ran to the stereo. I flipped it on the radio and then sat down. Okay, and Mrs. Snow is like, well, what's going on here? And I just kind of looked at her and said, is UFO on the radio every day around here? No. <laughs> so... So, yeah, I got my uh, evening started off that way. Well, that's nice, man. That, that's a nice treat on a Monday night. It is. It is. Like, it seems like such a little thing. But, you know, when you hear that that unique song that just doesn't get played all the time and you hear it and you're there for it, it's just like, it's just like, wow. Yeah, yeah. Before we get... On with the grunt, as my dad would say, before we get into our mandatory metal segment for the good folks at True Cobalt Coffee. Got a little bit of radioactive metal house cleaning here to do. Um, as you know, I'm big on I'm big on the house shows, which yeah, that will reflect in my um, metal fix in a little bit. Um, there's actually one, there's there's a house show at the House of Hosers going on tonight. It's kind of like a birthday celebration Nice going on. And unfortunately, though, like I had to call the guys up and say, ah, I can't, I can't make it. I'm doing this. You know, I'm having a couple belts with my buddy Aaron and all of our beautiful listeners and all that. So I'm not going to make this show. But I do want to give a shout out and a happy birthday to, well, a couple of radioactive metal alum, but first of all, our good buddy Travis, who we've had on the show talking about house shows, as you'll recall, as you'll recall a couple of years ago when he was putting on shows at his place, I took my recorder, we sat down and we had a great chat about, chat about the concept of house shows. Well, that's what's going on in his life. It's his birthday today, so we want to say happy birthday, Trav, and thank you for everything that you do, not only for Radioactive Metal, but for the scene in general. As well, um, Radioactive Metal alum Paul Gott from the legendary Rip Chords, hardcore band out of Montreal, who we've had on the show. Hopefully, yeah, we're not doing interviews right now but you know i do have some things in the works maybe we'll we'll get mr gut on once again he's celebrating a birthday today as well so big shout out to those guys many many more as well today as we speak just for shits and giggles Today, May 1st, 1981, Friday the 13th, Part 2 was released. Wow. Yeah. When did the original one come out? <laughs> the first one was like the year, the summer of the year before. 79? Like the, um, I think it was or either 80. 80. 80 and then 81. And then like, the, like they just came out in boom, boom, boom successions. How do they? How, okay. How in the world can they make that happen? And sometimes we have to wait like five years for a sequel. 
I just I never understand that. I don't understand the film industry. Well, with with the Friday the, the those first four Friday the Thirteenth, there wasn't much in the way of budget. There wasn't much in the way of uh, elaborate sets or anything. It was just very guerrilla style of filmmaking. Just uh, I guess you're right. You know, like it was it was very easy and all that. So you were able to pump them out, and then like the first Friday the Thirteenth was such a big hit. Such a big surprise. They said they instantly said, okay, we gotta get a sequel out there. Like that's that's the formula and all that. So yeah, yeah. And of course, those first two, Friday the 13th, and then Friday the 13th, part four. Three of my all-time favorite films. I absolutely love them. Why not part three? I do I do like it, but it's a little further down the line, maybe somewhere in the top 30. What about um 10 J- uh, Jason X or whatever J- Jason uh, Space <laughs> uh, Not so much Not so much I think maybe I'll go back and give that one A look you know Years later now for shits and giggles And all that but like when I first Saw it it's like oh my god he's in Fucking space now This is so far off the rail I uh, just like all of these, all of these like bullshit movies, they all can't be canon, you know. Like they all can't be from the same story. But apparently, yeah, they're all, you know, they're 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 all connected. And I'm like, come on, get the fuck out of here. Hey, that's how I feel about the Police Academy movies. Only the first four are canon to me, right? But after the after the first four, this nope, right? And it's the same thing, like with like like you have the Frankenstein movie, and then you have. Frankenstein meets Abbott and Costello. Like, you can't tell me those two films are canon. I mean, <laughs> maybe. I don't see it, though. No. You know what? We, we should make it a point this, <laughs> like, this Halloween. We should, we should try to do more special watch alongs and do some of the ridiculous things like Jason 10, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah, we'll share with our listeners too. I know it's not very metal, but hey, why not? Oh, come on! Like, like that's it's. I think that's just part of it, right? Like, because most of my metal buddies, we would we would find a B movie and sit down and watch it. Oh yeah, every you know? week. Every, yeah, for sure, every week. Yeah, no, something a little more metal, or at least punk, shall we say? Yesterday, as we speak, in nineteen eighty. Three, I believe it was. Valley Girl made its debut. Wow! Do you remember it, Valley Girl? Uh, so I don't know if I've ever seen the movie, but oh, I certainly I understand the impact it had on culture because it changed the way everybody spoke. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, you know, so like for sure, so it gagged me with a spoon. Yeah, but <laughs> totally tubular. Totally, totally tubular. <laughs> um, like totally for sure. But I never realized that that was one Nicholas Cage's film debut. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. And I think because it, over the years, it's like, oh, that was Nick Cage's first film, and you know, there was such an emphasis at the time on the whole Valley Girl speak. The message of the movie got lost. Just, just like between the music and the dancing, and 
uh, just the the whole eighties thing, the message in Footloose, I feel, gets lost as well. And they both kind of, sort of in a roundabout way, have the same message of being yourself. You know, that's that's that that's what Valley Girl was all about: being yourself. Don't uh, don't change for people. And that's always something that you know I instilled in my daughter and let. Anytime anyone wants some advice and all that, that's what I'll say. Like, you you do you. Don't ever change for anyone else. I feel like that was a common theme in movies in the 80s. Um, yeah. yeah, you kind of got that with The Breakfast Club as yeah. well. Because you had the, the various different representatives of the various different cliques and, and all that. And they didn't, you know, I... So yeah, you're you're right. There there were times, you know, where yeah, and so you have me thinking if there was any others. Well, know, and now I feel like it's all about conformity. Uh yeah, yeah. Which is uh which is kind of sad. Which is kind of sad. That's why we have programs <laughs> like radioactive metal here that Try to keep everyone on the straight and narrow, and the, on 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 the true path, and all that. So, yeah, yeah, you have a couple uh, a couple hours this week. Sit down and give Valley Girl another shot, man. And Friday the Thirteenth Part Two, both really good films. But but before we go any further, yeah, I do want to say, may the fourth be with you this week, my friend, and also with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in just a couple days, May the 4th, oh, and of course all the Star Wars fans, and I know there's a lot of them listening to this program, especially the older crowd, um, really looking forward to this day, and of course, May 4th, you know, May the 4th be with you, May the 4th be with you, and all that, so really, really looking forward to that. Um, the Park Theater up here. Okay, is celebrating by airing first Rogue One and then A New Hope because they're nice. they're connected decades later, but cinematically they are they're connected. And uh, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to make Rogue One. That's not a movie that I absolutely positively have to see in the theater already, you know, because it's still relatively new in the grand scheme of things. So Mrs. Snowy and I, right after work, we're going to go out for dinner, you know, and then make our way to the theater to see uh, A New Hope in the theater, which will make it four decades that I have seen A New Hope in the theater. The 70s, the 80s, the um, the 90s with the... Uh, with the expanded special editions in the theater and now in the twenties, shall we say the 2020s and all that. So really looking forward to that. And like, maybe, maybe next episode we got to uh, sit down and go over some of all this geek stuff that's going to be coming up. I think that's a great this, idea. The, the, this week, I think next week we're going to have a lot of geek talk. So um, let's get in. To some of the metal here right now, courtesy of the good folks at True Cobalt Coffee. Um, new tunes 
from Necrotic Ritual, their new um, release, Nocturnal Dominion, available now. And they kind of messed with my head for a couple seconds there. Um, as I was going through their bio and all that, first of all, I saw Scandinavian death metal. Okay, cool. Right on. And then I saw they're from Denmark. And for that split second, I kind of forgot that you know, Denmark is technically part of the Scandinavian countries. I just, every, every, everyone just thinks, you know, Sweden, Norway, Finland as Scandinavia. Little lesson in geography here. Denmark is technically part of Scandinavia as well. And I Which think would technically kind of make that. Metallica a black metal band. <laughs> Swedish yeah. death metal, right? It would be one third Scandinavian thrash or yeah, one. There we go. One four. <laughs> now, now we're talking. There we go. That's right. That's right. Well, let's get into some one hundred percent Scandinavian death for the good folks at True Cavalt Coffee. This is necrotic ritual with scattered remains.
we've been very busy this week. Here's our metal fix. Hey, dude, I got a fresh cup of uh, some lemmies here going in my death uh, scream bloody gore mug. What's going on? All right, I am going to keep this one short because we've got long discussions today. Uh, I think so. But I'm so glad you brought up all the horror movies at the beginning because I keep forgetting to mention on the air that that awesome theater that I saw the Metallica listening party at and that I plan on going, well, hopefully they're going to be in the theaters that has the um, shows in August. But um, I was on their website and I don't know why I've never seen this before, why I didn't look. Dude, they have special horror movies once a month. Mm-hmm. And in July is Return of the Living Dead. Oh, get the fuck out of here. Yes. <laughs> so if I now it's right around my daughter's birthday. So um, I that has to be handled first, whatever we're doing that day. But if possible, I'm going to see it. Don't take your daughter. Oh, no, yeah. no. No. Your son might enjoy it, but no. your daughter not so much. No, he'll have nightmares too. Oh, okay. Like, like the because because the part that you're thinking like won't register with him yet. Okay. You know, th- thankfully, like he's a much slower burn on those things than okay. I was at his age. Um, thank goodness, because goodness, <laughs> I don't know if I could handle raising me, um, but. Yeah, so that's coming. And Monster Squad is coming. Oh, nice. I think that's in August. So mm. I'm I'm definitely going to see that. I'd like, I'm like, this is great. I can't wait to see what else. Is. Oh, I think Army of Darkness is also going to be there. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's like, something like, to see in the theater. This is the stuff. That, and this is when I get so frustrated that you and I live so far apart. Mm. Um, because I'm like... Dude, we would hit these up all the time, and then we oh, talk about uh-huh. them on the show. Or, you know, we're total smart asses. We'd sit there with a recorder and pass it back and forth <laughs> while we're while we're watching it. You yeah. know, and then so you know how I always say like I'm not near anything. Nobody comes here. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Our former co-host is Kareen. Sends me a text. Hey, you in South Carolina? So I'm like, yeah. She's like, oh, where are you in your relationship to here? Because apparently, um, I, I don't think it's official yet, but she was looking at moving to South Carolina. And I got so excited because when she sent me the text and the map, I'm like, oh, she's going to be near my neighborhood. I'm like, oh, this is great. I'm th- and I'm like, what day are you Excellent. coming? I'll cook dinner. Excellent. You know, and no, <laughs> no, no, I'm not that lucky, dude. She's going to be 100 miles away. Oh, that's that's not bad. Oh, it's better than now. Yeah, but yeah. it's still like it's it's. We've only decreased our time apart by two hours. You mm-hmm. know, like I'm like son of a gun, man. But anyway, so I digress. Um, killing joke. Ah. So a couple weeks ago, I talked about Gina Birch. I played my bass loud, and it was produced by Youth, the bassist of Killing Joke. And so mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? Let me go and listen to this first Killing Joke record because I'm reading an article or an interview with him. And apparently, I only know The Weight by Killing Joke. That first record is somewhere between synth pop and industrial. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. Yeah. Like, I don't understand how I ever missed that record. It's fantastic. Like, I absolutely love it. No. 
We all knew. We just never told you. Well, you know, next time, pass it along, please. <laughs> okay. Um, so then Texas Hippie Coalition has a new record out. Oh, right on. Absolutely love it. It's fantastic. Uh, Big Dad Rich has one of the greatest metal voices. He really does. Um, I really wish they would get Randy Cooper back on guitar. Like, that's my dream. Because um, I, I still, like, my favorite lineup is still the lineup that had Randy. Because he's just such a badass. But, you know, bands are what bands are. Um, mm-hmm. And then, last but not least, I want to get a small bass amp uh, for my uh, work office. Because my work office and my studio are now separate places, which is great for my mental health. But now I have to have stuff in two places because to also help my mental health, I need to have some sort of stringed instrument fairly nearby. Uh Um, So I actually went to a local music shop here. I want to give a big shout out to Yield Music Shop in Hanahan, South Carolina. Um, The dude that helped me out was just fantastic. He's like, Hey, here's, here's a power cord. Here's a, um, guitar cable have at it. I tried three different amps, just checking out the sound before I settled on the one that I got. And when I say small bass amp, it's 40 Watts, you know, and I know a lot of people think practice amps. Oh, you only need like five, 10, 15. If it's a guitar, that's all you need. But for to get a decent sound out of a bass, you need to put some energy behind it. You know, and then I also prefer a 10-inch speaker because I like a tighter sound. But um, I, I started this journey by texting one of my buddies. And I just have to laugh because the two of us are so cut from the same cloth. Because I'm like, hey, like, if you're getting a small practice, what would you get? I'm like, I've, I've never owned anything under 100 watts. Like, what do you do? And he's like, yeah. He's like, I keep thinking I get um, a new or like get a practice amp. He's like, but then I ended up buying like like a, a new effects pedal instead. I'm like, oh, that's a sensible choice. Like, I get it. Um, right. And then we were both joking that like our practice amps, quote unquote, are like our half stacks. You know, he, he has like a full SVT rig. I've got my, my stack is in my parents' house currently. But then I've, I've got like a little mini stack in here. Like I just, neither one of us play any quiet rigs, you know. <laughs> but... I got to say, for anyone who's in the market for a new amp, and especially somebody who is closer to our age, dude, um, the new Fender Rumble series is the way to go. Mm, sounds when, like it. Dude, when I, when I went to lift it, it's the lightest amp I've ever picked up in my life. Like, I've never, ever, or at least we'll say bass amps for sure. I've never lifted a bass amp that light in my life. Because... Um, I know how much a speaker weighs, and I, especially when you're talking like all the electronics and stuff. I'm like, there's, there's nothing to it. I, it was crazy, but. Okay. Well, I want all bands henceforth to be using the Rumble series, please, because I know there are just some days, like when I'm volunteering with Ninja Cat and bringing some of those goddamn amps in and out and off the stage and all that. Oh. Oh, at the end of the night, it, it can be quite taxing. Well, so. I, I think the good news is you might have a few more good years um, because the Rumble amps are super light. And they they make a 500-watt amp um, that is not that heavy at all, dude. Not Excellent. compared to what I car- carried around for 500 watts. Okay, and, guys. Fans, um, get on it. There's this new speaker technology out. It was at NAMM this year. Where the speaker cabinets are essentially the thickness of a spe- of a pizza box. 
Oh. So picture okay. like a large pizza box, and that's your speaker. <laughs> and you can well, literally make a cabinet out of these. And we've got these like light micro heads now. Like, like it, it's very possible, Snowy, that, you know, technology might keep up so you can keep roading. Okay. Hey. Because <laughs> honestly, I don't know how many more years I got left well, in me lugging gear. Oh. I, I think, dude, you just need to get yourself a little cart that you attach to your uh, little lark machine, right? You know, the, the old person biker gang. <laughs> there and you just go. tow it up onto the stage. It'll be fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Right on, right on. Look into that. Right on. What else, Scott? That's everything, man. What's going on with you? Uh, myself, it's actually been an interesting, snowy week, shall we say. Took in a couple shows, a couple more unique shows, shall we say. The first one, um, Tennessee Black Metal Grinders, shall we say. Okay, the mixing of you know the of black metal and grindcore, not too many bands out like that. So when I first heard that the band Noel K O K N O L were coming through town, my first my first um, reaction was, okay, who the hell is Noel? I've never heard of this band before. But I was told about it, and Ninja Cat's bringing them, and it's like, okay, fine, I'll definitely be there. I, I gave them a spin, and it's like, okay, this is exactly what it sounds like, a, you know, a death metal grind and all that. So this is really good. We'll get to a track from them in a bit, which... Before the festivities started, I got there nice and early, and the vocalist of Noel was kind of hanging out at the merch booth. I grabbed one of his vinyls and um, we just, we just, just had a, just kind of had a chat. And when he said he was from Tennessee, it's like, wow, you know, with, with their, with the state of the state of Tennessee right now, with everything that's, that, that, that's going on, something like this out of there was just like, this was a godsend. Like, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, well, keep in mind, the heart of the state of Tennessee is rebellion. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, Jack Daniels is there. <laughs> okay, there's something good. And uh, a lot of good pro wrestling came out of Yeah, like, like there, there's, there's a lot of rebellion. Like, Is that where? Now, the Whiskey Rebellion was Pennsylvania, I think. Okay. But, um... No, it was Rocky Top. Rocky Top's Tennessee, where they get their corn from a jar, meaning, um, you know, corn whiskey. But anyway. Uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, like, like, hold out for Tennessee yet. I, I figure it's, it's going to go. Yeah, yeah. Another really, like, the, the, the main support for Noel was a band called God is War. And it's basically not, not even a band. It's just, it's what they call experimental noise rock. Okay, and I'm like, okay, I what I called bizarro metal, and it was just basically one dude up there on stage, and he's got his machine. Sorry, I don't know the proper terminology to all this, but he's making this really bizarre experimental noise with some graphics in the background that that represent the song, and it's just like. 
it kind of reminded me of years ago. Okay, because like I'm watching this band play and I kind of look at some of my metal friends there and I go, man, we are not in Kansas anymore, Toto. You know what I mean? Like this is definitely out of our wheelhouse, but I'm going to give this a shot. And it's kind of cool, but it kind of reminded me of years ago when Ice-T came through town, 1988. No, no, no. Rapper Ice-T on his Freedom of Speech album tour came through town. And when I walked into the venue, you know how you're so used to seeing a drum kit on stage like when you first walk in and look look at the stage there was nothing like that there was no instruments on the stage there was you know no drum kit no nothing and like that came rushing back it's like like what the hell have i gotten myself into now fortunately ice t put on like a kick-ass show and you know a couple years after that body count would be uh would be born and you i kind of saw you know, Ice T when he's when he's head banging to the song "The Girl Tried to Kill Me," it's like <laughs> it's like okay, I could kind of see how Ice T's kind of one of the brothers here, and and sure enough, like I said, a couple years later, Body Count is 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 born. So I kind of had that same vibe with God Is War, and it's just oh, hey, very very different. And I'm glad I got to experience it. The second show I also took in, 420. Okay, I'm a little bit behind on this. 420 was a, was the celebration house show at the house of, at the house of Hosers. A lot of really cool um, bands played it, particularly um, Solanum. Really cool crossover thrash band out of Winnipeg here, and I just don't, I I don't think of them just as as just a local band okay they haven't gotten out and toured very much because of family and work and work schedules and all that but their releases have been out on reputable labels international labels so to see one of your favorite bands local or otherwise you know playing in a basement you can't beat that, man. Like it's just it it's absolutely amazing. And it just it just makes me think there are just so many other cool touring bands that it's so cool to see them playing in an intimate venue, like a small theater or a bar. How about a basement? How about your favorite bands in a basement? I think that would be absolutely awesome. Um the New Disciple magazine, speaking of our good friend and former co-host, Discarine. She will always be famous for that. <laughs> she will always. Yes, for our relatively new listeners, when we say Disciple magazine, okay, we're being a smartass. We're talking about Decibel because as radioactive metal lore by now, years ago, she wanted to talk about Decibel magazine and she referred to it as Disciple. You and I are smart asses. We always will be, and we just <laughs> we just kind of uh, forever and ever and after we've just been ribbing her about that. So every time on this show when we say disciple, we mean decibel. And um, the last issue, 
of my subscription arrived the other day. As I'm leaving to go to work, I checked the mail. God damn it, there it is. Okay, I'll just have to take you to work with me. And it's a uh, really cool issue. The On the cover is the Disciple Magazine Tour, Dark Funeral, de Cattle Decapitation. As I'm uh, flipping through um, some bands we recently played, uh, Majesties and Century, Rotten Sound, um, the... Uh, the, the Hall of Fame album is Macabre's Sinister Slaughter. It's about time. Holy jeez. Really, really cool stuff. And an interview with uh, Dismember. Now, one of the things that really caught my eye here, and we'll get to a track from them as well, but um, the same thing, like pre-internet, and we've talked about this on the, on the, on the show before, when when there was when there was no internet and no metal was being played on the radio or anything like that, yeah, you know, you know, the power hour, the headbangers ball would introduce you to a cool band, but a lot of times it was from magazines. And sure enough, I discovered this really cool hardcore band out of New Jersey called Gel. J-E-L. And it kind of caught it kind of caught my attention, and you know I did I did go to um, YouTube and check them out, and it's like okay this is really cool, and then it kind of hit me it's like the same did the same thing that we did dude in 1988 you know, in all the 80s, and I just I, I don't ever want to lose that, with all the internet in, ad, advancements and all that I always want to discover a band. Through through a good old-fashioned magazine. And I'm going to do that forever and ever. I bought some cool DVDs, but I haven't given them a, a, a shot yet. haven't given them a watch, so I'm going to wait until next week. I'm going to wrap this up, though, before we get to some tunes. Grabbed a couple cool new vinyl. Okay, First of all, as I'm making my way to Planet of Sound, the record shop... Okay, yeah. which is right beside my comic shop, Galaxy. Okay, it's just half a block down. And I'm with Mrs. and, and Little Snowy, and I tell the ladies, okay, I'm, I'll catch up with you. I'm running over here. And they know that means I'm running to the record shop. Mrs. Snowy looks at me, and she goes, uh, didn't you just buy 12 albums? Yeah. You know, meeting Record Store Day and the Metallica release party and all that. And yeah, I kind of looked at her and like, have we met? Like, that was last week. <laughs> you know, like, they're going to have new records there. I'm definitely going to make my way, which I'm, I'm really glad we did because Planet of Sound had this cool new record. Well, it's it's not new. Okay, it goes back to 2003, re-released in 2014, this particular record. But I picked up The Misfits Project 1950. Okay, and honestly, I didn't even know this record existed. I probably should have until this week, but it's a cover of The Misfits, or it's, it's an album of The Misfits doing cover songs from the 50s. Okay. 
And when I first gave the, uh, when I was first looking at the the track listing, I never gave it, I never gave it much thought. Okay, but I did notice. Okay, they're doing the Monster Mash. Okay, that makes sense. It's the Misfits. I get home. Okay, and I'm going through the track listing, and I'm, you know, I pull the record out and all that, and I'm looking at it a little more thoroughly. And sure enough, Great Balls of Fire, This Magic Moment, you know, Runaway. Holy shit, this is all 50s music. Oh, dude, that's a killer record. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, this is how you do it. Okay. Like, this is not going to sound like the originals. You know, this is going to sound like the Misfits doing... You know, this is how you do cover songs. It's, you can recognize the original artist, but you acknowledge the, sor- the source material. And one more record before we get at we before we get into some tunes here. Um, and I know you're going to dig this, and I never even heard of this series until I saw this particular record. But um, I found a record called. Tales from the Library of the Occult. Okay, and what it is, is side A is a narrated story called Wolf, a werewolf story. You have my attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And then side B is music composed by a band called Dream Division. That sounds familiar. Oh, well, you should definitely Google Tales from the Library of the Occult. The album is is on YouTube as well. Okay. And all that. It's definitely something you're going to want to pick up. And I actually heeded the wife's words. Okay, after I'd already bought that Misfits albums and and she said, Well, you just bought twelve albums. I was like, Okay. I'm gonna as we were just before we were just about to um go to another place for lunch. There was a uh, another record shop right beside there, and I said, "Okay, I'm going to run in here quick," not really anticipating on buying anything. Okay, then I saw this record. Okay, and it's like not only am I going to really dig this, but so is she. This is the type of stuff that we like to sit down, like you said, when we have a living room coffee date night. This is the type of stuff that we like to listen to. So I picked it up, I bought it, I caught up with the brood at in at, at, at the cafe where we were having lunch. I said, I bought another record, but ch- check this out. And I opened it up and I showed it to her and she went, ooh, I can't wait to give that a listen. <laughs> Can I marry you again? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, that's. Kind of my metal fix. We better get on with some tunage here because I know I have a feeling this episode is going to be going into extra innings and that is just fine. As I said, Noel, apparently they've been around for a little while longer. I don't know why they haven't been to my attention before, but I got to say they put on one hell of a show. I grabbed the album and excuse me, but... Met M. Perik is the name of the album. Okay. I guess that's how it's pronounced. I don't know. Like I said, this band's pretty out there. 
And the song is called Clep Sidra.
The Shining Wizards is the greatest wrestling podcast of all time. Don't believe me? Tune in and check us out. We laugh, we cry, we interview some of the greatest people in professional wrestling, and we have some of the greatest segments of all time, including everyone's favorite wrestling game show, Can You Beat That? We're live 6.50 p.m. East on Monday night on all social media platforms, and we're with you wherever you go on every single streaming and podcasting platform as well. Check us out. Go over to ShiningWizards.com and join us for some wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. G'day guys, my name is Thomas, one half of the Brocast podcast. With our podcast, we go back and watch wrestling events from WWE, WWF, WCW, ECW, AEW, and many other wrestling promotions. You can check us out on Twitter at the Brocast, that's T-H-E-B-R-O-K-A-S-T, and you can also download all episodes on Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Castro, and many other podcast apps. What's up, everyone? When on the Shining Wizards Network, be sure to check out Wrestling Night in Canada. If we're not recording another kick-ass podcast... Or playing in punk bands. Or recording kick-ass heavy metal albums. Then we're sitting back, we're grabbing a couple brews, and going over everything to do in the world of pro wrestling. Because we're from Winnipeg, you idiots. my man that was the aforementioned jersey hardcore band gel their new release only constant that was honed a blade and before that good friends of the show i gotta definitely have them on again um there's stuff of brewing in the solenum camp so that's all i can say right now but in the meantime hey 
check that out. That is Solanum from their Ruled by the Cruel record. That is standard malpractice. Great stuff, great stuff. Um, yeah, like I said, at the top of the hop, we do got a lot of cool stuff. And I know this particular topic is going to be right up your alley. So I'm just going to... Uh, Turn everything over to you, and I'm just going to be the color man while while you take us there. What's what's going on? All right. Well, let's just kind of rock and roll through this. So as this episode drops, right, this episode is going to hit on May 5th, Cinco de Mayo, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and on May 6th, that Saturday, it's free comic book day. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't believe we we missed this. Um, so for anyone who's listening now, you know whatever you're doing, pull over if you're driving, stop, go to freecomicbookday.com, click on comics, and you can see what we're talking about. Um, and it was great because off air, Snowy pulled up the website. He's like, "Whoa!" And I knew he was gonna be excited because I was excited because the first comic I saw was the Cursed Library, the Archer Horror series, yes. Archie Horror series. I was like, "Whoa!" Uh-huh, uh-huh. See, sure. is, oh, sorry, sorry, ever since the the Riverdale TV series and the um the, the Sabrina TV series on 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 the CW and uh, and on Netflix, those programs like renewed my interest in Betty and Veronica and Sabrina and all of these, you know, unique Archie stories, you know, Vampironica, Jughead the Hunger, Afterlife with Archie. And now um, it seems like every month Archie is doing some sort of really unique um, one-off featuring the Archie characters. Last month they had one called Betty, the Final Girl. And of course, Final Girl is a horror expression, you know, as the last person still alive from you know the attack of whatever dark force and it's generally a girl she's known as the final girl so when i saw you know in advance betty the final girl oh my god now to see this the cursed library oh my god this is fantastic yeah i can't wait i can't wait what else is catching your attention here um i love red sonia Okay, like I remember going back when I was a kid, not so much like um, I like I became a Red Sonia fan when Marvel picked up the character in the late seventies. Okay, and just like Conan, Red Sonia predates the comic books. It's like the novels. Robert E. Howard also created Red Sonia, who also did the Conan novels and, and and stories and all that red sonia now is 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 hotter than ever and both literally and figuratively okay because uh, <laughs> Dyn- took me a second well uh, dynamite comics has a number of red sonia series because i guess i guess they could get the rights to it yeah and there's obviously a demand for it so free comic book day oh i'm grabbing that yeah, like the same ones you've talked about got me um, because I have, you know, younger kids. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the dog man caught my eye. Like they're they're kind of grown out of it, but they still enjoy it secretly, kind of thing. Oh, okay. Um, so, and this looks like it's going to be like a special anniversary dog man. So oh, okay. that was pretty cool. And then, did you see there's going to be an Umbrella Academy out as well? Yes, yes, yes. And we were we've been enjoying the series as well. So, um, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll be grabbing that. Yeah, and then here's here's a couple other other things that I was really excited about. One, I am Stan. Um, it's going to be a graphic novel biography of Stan Lee. Okay. And which I'm excited about. And then th- this one I just saw now, but dude, Dynamite Comics, Mad Balls versus Garbage Pail Kids. Okay, um, how far down are we? Right I'm below I Am Stan. It's in the Silver Comics. Oh, okay. There we are. <laughs> okay. Dude, Garbage Pail Kids and Mad Balls, that's All completely right. our childhood wrapped up in your comic book. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't remember Mad Balls very much, but I remember Gar- Garbage Pail Kids was perfect. Yeah, I'll definitely grab that. Oh! Speaking huh. of Mad Balls, yeah. oh, geez. Um, June 2nd, Ninja Cat Productions is bringing the legendary Mad Ball to Winnipeg here. No way. Yeah, that's yeah. That's re- the same night, though. Yeah. Okay, we'll be putting on Mad Ball at one venue. Our former co-host is Sky. Her venue, Bulldogs, has Pantychrist coming through town. Oh, nice. At the same night, and shit happens, our good buddies are supporting Pantychrist. So, I've already told the guys, well, I don't think I'm making your set because I'll be a mad mad ball. And then as soon as they're done, because the show will be, it'll be a little a little bit earlier, you know, I'm getting Mrs. Snowy to drive me across town to catch Pantychrist. So, yeah, it's definitely going to be a snowy night. Yes, man. Fucking mad ball coming yeah, through. That's time. awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, what else is grabbing you on this list? Um, Tom Holland's Fright Night. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, um, that's a series. That that's a series now going on. Um, oh, so is this like to get people interested? Yeah, kind of yeah. It's looking. I'm looking at the cover. Like this is going to be a one-off. It's look. It's 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 looking like, and I can see by the graphics on the cover. Uh, this might be an adaptation of the, maybe first and, well, the two original movies from the 80s, which Fright Night 1985 is one of my all-time favorite films and my favorite vampire film of, like, all time. But yeah, there is a new Fright Night series going on. This this, this looks like it's going to be a one-off. Ah, I'm there. I'm there. Um. The Star Wars The High Republic? Oh, I didn't see that one. Yeah, as you go down a little bit just 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 above the mad balls. There. Um now that's another series that's ongoing. Little Snowy buys it every month. Gotcha. It's it's, it's one of her it's it's one of her titles and one of these days I'm just going to go to her place just grab all of her Star Wars comics and then just plop a squat down on her couch 
and crack open a beer and sit and read all of her uh, Star Wars comics. Going <laughs> a little bit further down, the fabulous Freak Brothers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I got that. I'm grabbing that. Yeah, I'm not familiar with that one at all. Okay, it's these two hippie guys that I haven't really read much of the Freak Brothers since since I was a kid. But yeah, it's a comedy comic, these two hippie guys. Nice, man. Burnouts. Uh, imagine like a sort of like a Cheech and Chong sort of. Yeah. Uh, going further a little bit. Down, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's really... Eh, I'll grab it, because it's free. There's a lot of titles here, man. Oh, yeah. I, and I'm not going to be grabbing them all. Like You don't want to be well, selfish. I don't know about your comic but uh, shop, but like, ours always li- limits us to three. Oh, okay. Like, three, three titles per person. And, you know, normally it'll be me and my son going, so he'll pick three, I'll pick three. And if there's not three that I want, I'll be like, well, what's my daughter going to be into? You know, that sort of stuff. Because that's the uh, thing is, like, my daughter tries every time we go to find something that catches her attention. And she loves the art, but she just not doesn't find the stories, you know. Oh, okay. It's just not grabbing her, so. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, we try all the time. The Smurfs! The 65th yeah. anniversary of the Smurfs! <laughs> okay. Okay, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, okay. The Battle of the Pumpkin King, all right, issue one. West of Sundown, an Animal Crossing. Ah, oh, Mrs. Snowy is totally addicted to Animal Crossing, the video game. I've never played it, but I've heard a lot. Oh, yeah, she absolutely loves it, so I know she'll definitely be grabbing that. A lot of cool stuff here. I'm glad yeah. you, uh, got, you, you got me to pull up the website and, and check it out. Yeah, you better well, be figured, first in you know, line. You're, you're always there anyway. Every Saturday, yeah. Every so Saturday. Now, now you can properly equip yourself. So if they only want three per... I don't recall our shop limiting, but yeah, if they do. shop knows you by name. Yeah. They probably have a special snowy section. If if we don't come in on a Saturday at the comic shop, if we come in the next day, at least one of the employees will say, hey, where were you guys? Like, you totally threw off our day. Like, you guys didn't show up yesterday. Do they put your face on a Timmy Ho's cup? Have you seen me? Have you seen us? That's right. That's right. And if we don't make it in that week at all, then then they definitely give us the gears. Like, hey, where were you guys? No, it's the same thing with, you know, Planet of Sound. If I'm not there, you know, hey, what happened to you? We're hoping you were okay. Well, yeah, just it just didn't kind of make it in. So, yeah, looking forward to comic book store day already. Yeah, we're going to be the first in line. Because, yeah, and I I mean that literally. That's just not an expression because comic book store day is just like record store day. You can only get so many people in at once. And, you know, if you're not there early, you run the risk of, you know, having to wait until, you know, the capacity is done. Oh, I get it. Dude. You know, and it's it, it, it's going to be the same 
with record store day you have all this going on you want to hang out you want to talk to the clerks and all that but they're busy you know it's their busiest day of the year so you just kind of kind of got to get your shit and run (laughs) which is too bad but totally agree yeah yeah well so um I can't wait till next week for you to give uh, give your report on Comic Book Day, and I'll be sure to give mine. Yeah, likewise. I'm looking forward to that, man. Right on, right on. This week, okay, um, I saw something that kind of caught my attention. That um, Nuno Betancourt, new extreme music. Okay, now when I think of extreme I don't necessarily think of um, Nuno Betancourt's shredding and this the like the amazing talent that this guy possesses on the guitar. I just don't think because you know extreme in their heyday was get the funk out, you know, and shit like that. Well, yeah, the the, the second album um, was it was fantastic songwriting. And it did not showcase his guitar pyrotechnics, we'll say, as mm-hmm. well as the previous album. Right, right. So <clears throat> I, so, and sorry, that's that's on me. Okay, but I always knew, kind of deep down, like Betancourt was one of the all-time greats. I saw this article, okay, where um, Betancourt was talking about how Prince. The Prince, at one time before his passing, had referred to Betancourt as one of the three best guitarists of all time. And I thought, wow, that's uh, that's some pretty high praise. I say that's very high praise. <laughs> you know, so I had um, I filed that away in you know, in my little noggin. I got on the horn with you and I said, hey, look at this. Okay. This is maybe something we might want to discuss. You know, not not necessarily just this conversation between Betancourt and Prince, but just the idea of our top three guitarists of all time. And you said, well, here, let's kind of take this one further. Okay, we can't just do three. What about a top five? Okay, like I like I said at the top of the hop. Thank you, John Cusack, high high fidelity with his top five. You know, like that was a big part of the movie. Yeah, sounds 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 good to me. Oh, that's not good enough for Aaron though. Like, <laughs> like let's let's n- n- not only is metal chock full of some amazing guitars so is just rock music in general so let's do five and five and i'm like dude what are you trying to do to me <laughs> okay Listen, but I'm, I'm up for the challenge when, when you're going to talk to me about like top guitar players you need to kind of hit me off guard so i don't have as much time to think because ah. the longer i have to have to think about this stuff like it's been like my top 100 guitar players <laughs> with, with another day dude okay <clears throat> because because i mean i have my top five and then i have like another five that's right that are my honorable mentions and then i've got my top five metal guitar players <laughs> and i stopped myself because that one was a little bit easier 
Speaking of your top 100 or whatnot, back in January, Guitar World magazine listed their top 100 greatest guitarists of all time, and they had Brian May as number one. Really? Yeah. He's never made number one ever on those lists. Um, Yeah, because I just don't think of like okay brian may one of the all-time great musicians there's no arguing that um the theme to flash the flash gordon top 10 one of my top 10 favorite songs of all time Uh, okay um well here's the deal i can agree with that right and that's going to kind of tie into the whole discussion because i also told you said let's talk about the guitar gods radio on pandora um because queen was on there obviously and a Pretty much everything I enjoy was on there. And there are even some some things that I didn't expect to hear on Guitar Gods Radio. I'm like, huh, there's an interesting theme. But but I can totally agree with Brian May on there. And it's nice it's it's nice to see him get that recognition mm-hmm. because he's never he's never gotten the recognition because it's always been Freddie Mercury. Yeah. Yeah. Well hey. When when your frontman is Freddie Mercury, like you have to do twice as you have to work twice as hard to get half the half half the attention. Yeah, that 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 he gets. Yeah, and the thing is, all four of them are phenomenal. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, like it, it wasn't just Freddie Mercury. He he was obviously like like the front man, the mouthpiece, the poster child. But you know, when when you break down something like um, another one bites the dust or under pressure. Without those killer bass lines and rock solid drum grooves, those songs mm. are nothing. Nothing, yeah. You know, and then with with without the guitar parts, like and but then they 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 can all sing. They layer in the vocals. Like Queen's one of those bands that I I, I really think Bohemian Rhapsody really kind of peeled the curtain back enough for people to be like, oh holy fuck, you know. Like, I mean, dude, the more I listen to them, the more I'm like, geez, this is just insane. You know, and, and but you don't hear all that insanity. You hear this amazing song. But then when you start dissecting, you're like, how the hell they put this together? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and, and you take it for granted. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. because you're we're not as musical connoisseurs. We're not used to such talented musician selling a lot of records. I know that kind of sounds dumb. And like, what do you mean? If their great well, band sells records? No, not always. But yes, we are. And 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 I'll 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 back that argument up when we start getting into, into these things. We we are, but we've been told they're not. Right, so like th- think think about it, Metallica. Mm-hmm. Are they insane fucking musicians? Um, I I know that you know that people know that now. At one time, okay, when I I don't definitely don't like the majority of the people that know who Metallica is have never heard any of their music. That's just how they've surpassed. You know, but my um, point is, you know. Right. My point is, is Metallica is a huge selling band right now. 
And there are still people that are going to tell you they suck. They can't play. They're not great yeah, musicians. I don't they only that. do three chord songs. And I'm like, you know, absolutely nothing about music. And you are just parroting everything you've ever been fucking told. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, dude, watch S&M 2 and try to tell oh, yeah. me what great musicians they're not. Mm-hmm. No, I totally agree. And I went back to the 80s when just a handful of you know metal connoisseurs knew who metallica were and we knew the talent we saw it but i mean like from the early days of rock and roll and that's why that's why i need to expand this list right so let's just jump into it (laughs) okay where do you want to no one's going to be surprised here my top five in no particular order but no one's going to be surprised by this guitarist at all but it's chuck berry Mm -hmm. right and Chuck Berry, he is the blueprint for the rock god guitarist. He is he is the mold. He is what everybody starts with and then branches off from, right? Like, he set the standard. I don't fucking care what anybody says. Fuck your Elvis. Fuck whatever. Oh, uh-huh. Like, Chuck Berry. Like, this is the archetype. He is handsome. He was, he could move. He had, he looked cool with a guitar. Like he was everything that, you know, the, the, like the, the, the great guitarist, like he had it all, you know, and he could fucking play like he, he, like so many, and that's like so many of the other guitar players on this list started by learning Chuck Berry songs. Oh, for sure. You know? And and the thing is, like, so Chuck Berry had these great songs. And, like, like if you listen to Chuck Berry, you know, like, listen, and when I say listen to Chuck Berry, I mean, like, listen to him tell his stories. Like, he just wanted to write great songs to get people to sing. And he did that. Like, like, and, and that's just it. Now, it happened to be great guitar-driven songs, but he he was a songwriter first. You know, and, and you're going to see that theme kind of come up here. and. Like the guitar players that, that we're still talking about today, um, also were great songwriters. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. And but but if you think about rock and roll, it was the devil's music. It's <laughs> terrible. It's going to corrupt you. It's not great music. And I mean, dude, I was still hearing that about Chuck Berry when I was studying music. Mm-hmm. You know, and now that I'm like in my fifties and I'm sitting down to break down these Chuck Berry songs, I'm like. Not one of those motherfuckers ever sat down to actually learn the song because everything they taught me in theory class is in this fucking song that can all sit and rotate. So. Oh, no. <laughs> I know. No, so, yeah. Next, you'd like yeah. me to tell you how I really feel. No, that's that's exactly what I wanted to hear. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess maybe my first choice for rock guitar, like one of the... And I don't have any particular order in this, but I'm going to throw, I'm going to start with the name Pete Townsend. Oh, I can't believe he's not on my list. Yeah, yeah. Because here's the guy, okay, showmanship. Yes. Wasn't he like the first guy to like really throw his guitar around and and smash it? It's a windmill (laughs) and all that. And all of those. Yeah. All of those awesome songs that I just absolutely love today, 
and like pop culture just in general with their theme songs being picked up for or their some of their classic songs being picked up for uh tv show theme songs introducing them to a whole new generation and it's like no man you want to hear the who like you have to slap this record on this this is this is what it's all about when i was at work saturday or sunday morning every sunday morning i go in for a couple hours and i listen to manshine's um resurrection which is music from the 60s and 70s Ah, dude, old Howard Manshine, legendary DJ here in Winnipeg. He played the Who's Boris the Spider. Oh, holy jeez, get out of town. That was absolutely fantastic. And and so so influential. One of my all-time favorite songs in general, okay, is Wasp's version of the Who's the Real Me. Like that, that, that is the epitome of a cover song. Oh, yeah. And it was that song that made Blackie Lawless go, okay, our first three records, we were doing the hair, you know, we were doing this and all that. When are we going to show what we have as musicians? Let's do it with this record, The Headless Children. And they had a big influence from the who because the who went through the same thing as well they were like they were the they put on the big show and you know townsend smashing the guitar and at some point the who also said okay what are we going to do are we going to be a a showcase for insanity or do we want to be known as great musicians and you know that those two bands kind of ran so sort of that parallel course decades apart and when it comes to influence like pete townsend man like, <laughs> no, like that's, you, that's on, on everyone's list you're dead on and again if you look at the way pete townsend stands on stage and the way he moves his arms he was copying chuck berry like and oh sure and he'll t- but he'll tell you that you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and that, that's like, and that was a perfect choice because that also backs up exactly what I said about their songwriters first. We wouldn't be talking about the who, if they didn't write such great songs. Agreed. Agreed. Like, you know, yeah. Yeah. What else you got? Um, well, let's see here. Next up on my list. And again, no particular order, but Chuck, um, I'm sorry. I mean, Jimi Hendrix. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. And, and I feel like it's cliche, right, to say Hendrix, but. Well, there's a reason for that. Well, but, but you, you. So we wouldn't have the, the rock god guitarist without Chuck Berry, but we wouldn't have the sounds without Jimi Hendrix. Mm-hmm. Like Hendrix is the reason we have most of the modern effects that we use today. Okay. You know, like he pioneered fuzz and distortion. He's one of the reasons, well, actually, uh, Pete Townsend's one of the reasons that we have full stacks. He, he asked Jim Marshall to make him a cabinet with eight speakers. And Jim's like, how about if I make you two cabinets with four speakers each? That way your roadie can still carry it. 
you know. Yeah. And yeah. he's like, okay. Yes. <laughs> Be merciful to the roadies, please. Yeah, yeah. And and so so you've got that stuff going on. And and these were all happening close together, right? And, you know, Hendrix, it was obviously just like, huh. Look what Chuck Berry did, and they just took it to the ne- the next level. But again, mm-hmm. the songwriting was there. We're not talking about Hendrix because it, he could play a million miles an hour. Because there's tons of guitarists that can play a million miles an hour that we're never going to mention tonight. Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking about Hendrix because what he did was write a great song and could also play that motherfucker. Like I, dude, I will never forget. I wandered into um, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame used to have the Jimi Hendrix Theater. Okay. And I wandered in there and I sat down and they had like this 20 minute loop of him live somewhere. It's some of the most incredible guitar playing I've ever seen. You know, and Mm -hmm. I feel very blessed to have seen the guitar players that I've seen. I, I, I can say that I've seen some of the greatest guitar players in the world live and some of them even fairly close up, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just sat there just mesmerized <laughs> because, because you could just see how he knew everything on the guitar. Like he just, he just knew where everything was, you know? And like we, you know, like I said, like he, he's on this list because we, we wouldn't be where we are today. We wouldn't have a Motorhead. We wouldn't have a Metallica. We wouldn't have those sounds without a Jimi Hendrix. And um, w- without even trying, um, I-, I made a great connection because Lemmy roadied for Hendrix. Uh-huh. That yeah. caught my attention right away. As soon as you said we wouldn't have a Motorhead, it's we like, wouldn't. right there. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. Yeah, we wouldn't. We wouldn't. All right. Next on your list. Um, yeah, I had Jimmy as well. Um, I know somewhere on your list, you've got Eddie. Let's go from Jimmy to Eddie. Eddie Van Halen. So he's on my honorable mentions and not in my top five. Really? Dude, it was hard. (laughs) It was so hard because I'm so glad he's on your list because he's, he's the next Hendrix. He, he's the Mm. next leap. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, in playing his own, in his own way, in his yeah. own style, he is the next Hendrix. It's it's not a copycat. It's no. not, you know, and it's it's just it's sad that they're yeah. both gone. Well, have you ever seen like like there's a clip that's been circulating now where Brian Setzer's on stage and they're, they're I I can't remember what song they're playing. I can't remember if it's like a blues standard or if it's a Chuck Berry song. But it's it's like like a three chord rock and roll song, right? Like, and we'll call it like early rock and roll. And so Setzer's on the mic, and Brian Setzer is an amazing guitarist, and he's uh-huh. also on my honorable mention list because, again, like I can't pick just five, dude. It's like you know, mm-hmm. I, I just can't do it. But anyway, um, Setzer's on the mic. He says Eddie Van Halen. Eddie comes out, and I mean, we all know Eddie for the crazy guitar, for, for eruption, that sort of stuff. But that motherfucker played the most amazing, tasteful, bluesy solo that still lets you know it was Eddie Van Halen that I've ever heard. No doubt. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Dude. It's great. Yeah. 
I'm 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 glad you mentioned Brian Setzer too. Okay, because that's that's another musician I feel that the musical connoisseurs know what kind of axe man he is. But he don't really get he doesn't really showcase that very much with the stray cats because they were more of a commercial hit making machine and all that. Yeah, but they it weren't because they're they're just making rock and roll. Like go listen to those old stray cats records. Like my one oh, yeah. of my favorites is Built for Built for Speed, right? Like, uh huh. That is basically just like literally taking the mantle from Chuck Berry and um, Dwayne Eddy and all those guys and just taking it further. Oh, you know? for sure, for sure, for sure. As a matter of fact, I remember I remember playing the Built for Speed record, and my mother in law was in the other room. And then when when it was over, she came in and says, "What was that?" Well, that's the Stray Cat. It's kind of like this rockabilly band from the '80s, but they sound like they're from the '50s. Yeah. And like she's in her '70s now and all that. And she goes, "Yeah, I kind of. It sounded like it was old. It was his was her words? Not only old as in '80s, but old as in '50s." And and all that. I'll never forget the first time that I had heard, seen just a video clip of Brian Setzer, minus the Stray Cats, just sitting there and playing this blues solo. And it's like, holy shit! You wouldn't have known that was the same guy. Oh I, yeah. You know. So yeah, good choice. Good choice. I didn't even think to have some honorable mentions, or that definitely would have been one. Well, I just I had to, dude. Because, <laughs> uh, like, uh, it's it's so hard. It's it so is. hard because it is. there are so many great musicians that have had such a huge influence, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So, my next up, Bo Diddley. Mm. Right. And to me, Bo Diddley is just as important as Chuck Berry and Jimi Hendrix because he's the bridge, right? Mm-hmm. Like Chuck. He's he's the blueprint. That's who's like, no, this is what it takes to be a great rock and roll guitar player. Hendrix takes that further, but he wasn't getting to where he got to without going through Bo Diddley because Bo Diddley started pioneering effects and making a very distinct sound um, before Hendrix. You know, like he he was he was there, and and he he doesn't get enough credit for him. Like, dude, before he died. He had this crazy-ass custom guitar built that had, like, drum machines and samplers and synths and stuff built into it. Because, dude, at 80-whatever he was, he was still pushing the envelope, and I love that. <laughs> Never stops, man. Make sure you kids how it's done. Dude, that's exactly it. Like, Bo, Bo Diddley, and I was fortunate enough to see him live in... Aww. 1989, I think he played um, Pittsburgh had what they would call the Arts Festival, and there'd always be you know a free concert, and Bo Diddley was playing, and I, you know obviously Bo Diddley is is important to me as Chuck Berry, and I I talked to my dad into taking me down, and I I don't know if we got there late or whatever, we only got to see a few songs, but it was great. Right I got to see Bo Diddley live, and. For anybody who wants to hear an amazing record, and it's streaming now, but at the time, 
Um, you, 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 it wasn't very common. It's called Two Great Guitars, and it's Chuck Berry and Bo Diddley together. Oh, it's it's okay. all instrumental guitar music, and I was just listening to it over the weekend, getting ready for this. <clears throat> it's it's just such a fantastic record. Right on. Hit, hit up your secondhand record shop for that first, and then go to the streaming <laughs> when you can't. Uh, no, go to streaming first. You're not going to find it, and if you do, it's really <laughs> expensive. Oh, okay. Yeah, it, this it's it's crazy rare. Like I I want people to hear it, St- stream it, and then you're going to obsess over finding it. Like like trust me, once you stream it, then you'll be willing to pay the prices it is. Okay, that's that's yeah. that, that sounds like a plan. Yeah. All right. Who's next on your list? Um, I'm glad you mentioned influential. And I don't really have one for this for this go round here because I feel these two were a combination just in terms of of what they did and what impact they had. And one of them doesn't really get, you know, the kudos for just being an awesome technical player. But what Lita Ford and Joan Jett did together in the runaways okay because here are two ladies that influenced a generation of young ladies to also pick up the guitar yeah to also even just be in a band or even just be a fan you know like it's like okay Here's some, because, uh, you know, like hard rock, metal, and, you know, all that. It's male-dominated. Along comes The Runaways. Oh, yeah, before The Runaways, you had Susie Quattro, and you had Fanny before her. But I think it was with The Runaways that it really took off. And it's the idea of, hey, late the girls can do this just as good as the guys. And while... Jet wrote, you know, was the great rhythm guitarist, and she wrote so many awesome songs, first of all, with the Runaways, and then with her, with her own outfits, and to this day, you know, she's still showing everyone how it's done. Oh, yeah. I think Lita Ford, because her solo career really took off in the late, the later 80s with the, her third solo album, just called Lita. Lita. And they had the hit singles. Yeah. Kiss Kiss Me Deadly, Close My Eyes, Close My Eyes Forever. Those songs I don't think showcase just what a great axe person like she is. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I definitely had to mention I I had to mention those two. And I know like you're still a big Lita Ford mark. Oh, I always will be. And and again, you know why we're talking about those two ladies? Not because they're women guitarists, because they're kick-ass fucking musicians that could write great songs. Mm-hmm. Yes, been a Runaways fan since since I can remember, and yeah. I still am. I always but will. It's be. all about the songs, for sure. All right. So next up on my list, Les Paul. Ah, oh, that stands as a reason. Yeah, because we wouldn't have um, 
so many things without Les Paul, right? I mean, obviously, like the Les Paul guitar, there's a whole story around that, and it's not necessarily his design, but Gibson kind of got his name, and Fender even approached Les Paul at one point because he was a pretty big name in guitars, and I just couldn't ever picture there being a Fender Les Paul. But, um, but you know, Les Paul, he's one of the reasons we have multi-track recording. Oh, okay. Like, like Les Paul, I, I, he got on the radio, and he called his mom. He said, Mom, Mom, I'm on the radio. Did you hear us? And she says, well, all those recordings sound the same. How am I supposed to be able to tell you from anybody else? <laughs> oh. And he's like, well... I'm going to make sure. So he figured out how to do multi-track recording so he could layer more guitars and again, created a sound that nobody else had and, you know, pioneered recording technology because of it. So, yeah. So that's, that's why Les Paul's on, uh, on there. Pioneer. Yeah. I think that's a key word. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. The last thing I've got, like, in my other or rock list here. Yeah. Okay. Um, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Oh, good one, dude. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't, I don't think I even have any Stevie Ray Vaughan albums, but I just, I just know, I, I know the legacy. I know the influence. And it's just, it's just what he's, the, he's just a guitar god that. Yeah. You know, all of the other guitar gods have Stevie Ray Vaughan records. Yes. And, and, if, and if you only, say to them, yeah. yeah, you know, if you if you were to say to to Eddie Van Halen, if you were to say to Pete Townsend, you know, just walk up to him and say, Stevie Ray Vaughan, they'll go, dude, high five. <laughs> you know, one of the all time greats. Yeah. You know, to to this day. Okay, like like I say, I'm not not a huge Stevie Ray Vaughan fan, but I walk around the house singing "Pride and Joy." Oh, killer song. Okay, and because I'm singing it to Mrs. Snowy, you know the whole the chorus. Oh yeah, which is my pride and joy, and 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 all that. And I'll never forget. Okay, oh this I don't know how long ago this was. This was definitely a while ago now when we were doing inter when we were doing interviews every episode. Okay, and I was going to be a little late coming into my Clark Kent job. So I called up my work wife and said, okay, um, I'm going to be a little bit late coming in. I'm doing this kick-ass interview. Okay, I get to work. Okay, and like she doesn't she doesn't really know all of these bands I'm talking to and all that. But I decide I'm going to have a bit of fun with her. Okay, and. When I, when I arrive and I sit down and she comes up to me and she goes, hey, so who who did you speak to this this morning? I said, well, hey, um, you you know Stevie Ray Vaughan? And she goes, yeah. Well, not him. He died twenty years ago. <laughs> the, <laughs> the You're look, awful. The look on her face. Let's <laughs> just I like let's just like oh, you're such an asshole. <laughs> Yeah, you yeah. totally are. I had her. But that's still I, so funny. Uh, I had her set up right from the start. I don't know how she puts up with me. I don't know how, how Mrs. Snowy, how my daughter, how, how she puts up with me, like because I'm just, 
I, I'm always on in that department. <laughs> it's like you can never really. Sometimes they have to look at me and say, "Okay, are you being serious? Are you what's going on here?" And well, no. <laughs> so, so yeah, cherish cherish memories. That 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 interview though was um, my conversation with Michael Amott. So yeah, there's a guitar god. Yeah, man. That I don't I don't think gets gets the experience so yeah that's the kind of like my mainstream slash rock type type list you said you had some honorable mentions well i do but i still have one oh. more in my top five okay <clears throat> last one and, and again this was a hard list to put together it's gonna rotate around in and out um but john five there we go there we go for the new generation yeah, because he's <laughs> he he's like the, he's the guitarist guitarist. He can play anything. He works with everybody, and work. I mean, you know, he he's cutting the new Motley Crew right now. Which you know, I know there's mixed feelings with everything that's going on in that camp. But I'll take it. Don't I'm take down. any of it out on John Five. You know. Mm-hmm. Like, but I can't think of anybody better to be like pick up that legacy. And when when John really blew me away was the, the la, the, his la, latest solo record where he covered a Les Paul song. Oh, okay. I didn't know and that. And recorded, he's like, I recorded exactly the way he would have recorded back then because I wanted that sound. I wanted to stay true to it. And it just his like his admiration, his dedication and his respect for those that came before him and what he puts into practice every day. Like, I don't know if I've ever seen anybody um, that plays a guitar as much as he does. Like it's rare. There's any photo of him that ever hits Instagram or anywhere else where he doesn't have a guitar in his hands. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. That's so the sign of a good guitarist. All right. Totally agree. All right. So you ready for my honorable mentions? Please. So we already had Eddie and Brian Setzer, right? Mm-hmm. So we had them. I had to put Prince on there. Okay. Because like when you when you say you know about Prince and Nuno that started this all off, Prince is a badass. And he, he and again, because he's writing mostly pop music. And he's known for being Prince and writing great songs more than he's known for being a great guitarist, but he's a great guitarist. Yeah. Great. I I didn't even think of him as a great musician until like the, and I know this is a movie and all that, but he wrote the music to it, but the purple rain movie. Oh yeah. I, I didn't even, until I saw that movie, I just thought, ah, it's just another pop guy. Yeah. You know, it's like, Oh no, actually this guy can play. Oh, this guy's really got play. some chops. Yeah, he can really play. So Prince, and then Dimebag, Dimebag Daryl. Oh, of course. Um, because he's man, he's just as legendary as all those guys, and just an mm-hmm. amazing guitarist. And then um, these two are gonna always come as a match set, but for different reasons. Angus and Malcolm Young. Oh yeah. You know, Angus is obviously out there in that Chuck Berry archetype where and and it's kind of funny because Angus and Malcolm both come back to Chuck Berry 
but it's it's like you took Chuck Berry and split him in two pieces mm-hmm. because <laughs> Angus is the lead guitarist of Chuck Berry and Malcolm Young is the rhythm, you know, and that's the thing is like so much of what we're about to talk about next when we get into the metal comes from Chuck Berry because it also came from Angus and Malcolm mm-hmm. who's, you know, learned by doing Chuck Berry, you know. Huge influence, huge yeah. influence, yeah. All right, so let's start with your top five metal guitars. Oh, this, this. Well, I, I had some obvious choices, but then I had some not so obvious choice, and then I had one that's um, not not metal, but you know, no no one is really going to argue it. But first of all, in terms of metal guitarists, come on, Tony Iommi. Oh. Good. That's the blueprint. That's the yeah. blueprint of the metal guitars. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You know, uh, and there are so many artists over the years have said, well, Tony Iommi, he already wrote everything. Everyone else just kind of took the same idea, the same riff, and kind of turned it upside down, put it inside out. Yeah, you tweeted. You know, put a curse on it, you know, yeah, and made it their own, but it all goes back to Iomi did it first. Yeah, yeah. So that's definitely um, that's the first one, and it's the obvious choice, but it's obvious for a reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you got? Well, my 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 first one here is one of the two of the greatest rhythm guitarists of all times, right? And if we just, just talked about the guitar, obviously Malcolm's in there. I've already talked about him, but I've, I've got another one here. And that would be James Hetfield. Mm-hmm. Oh, I get that. Uh, just, you know, learning to play guitar in the 80s, discovering Metallica, getting guitar magazines, and just reading those guitar magazines and trying to play along with Metallica. Like, that's how I learned to play I learned palm muting by reading articles on them, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh no, for sure, for sure. Like we said at the top or earlier in this discussion, they they don't get the credit, you know. Now, as musicians, they're not getting the credit. Back then, well, they're just a bunch of stupid thrashers. Yep. Well, you got to actually listen to it. I have no Metallica on this because I knew at some point you were going to mention at least one of them. So, yeah, but I, I definitely can't argue. And Hetfield is, but back in the day, like in those first four albums, he was the consummate frontman as well. Oh, yeah. You know, like that he was definitely the voice of Metallica. He's probably one of those, that, that was one of those bands, okay, that if it had been James, okay, or he left for another reason or another, okay, then Metallica wouldn't have gone on. Yeah. You know, there are just some irreplaceable members. And I think Hetfield and Lars, for as much as we enjoy chucking shit at Lars, okay, just for shits and giggles, no Lars, no Metallica, no James, no Metallica. Yeah, yeah, because he really was a big part of driving the business of Metallica. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do think, you know... Ha- had they lost him, we would have probably gained a little bit musically. 
I'm sorry, Lars. Uh, I know, uh, I know, because uh, we all uh, chuck shit at Lars, but yeah. I, I will still maintain that 72 Seasons is some of his best work. That's a fantastic record. Yeah. 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 Um, right around the time I discovered Metallica, though, I discovered an awesome band that were a big influence on Metallica One Raven. Okay, from the old new wave of British heavy metal. Raven were one of those driving forces behind that. And the Gallagher brothers, particularly Mark Gallagher, they had their own sound. They called themselves athletic rock. And it wasn't just because, you know, their old drummer had the sports gear, you know, the cage helmet and, you know, you know and all that wacko. Okay. I think that they adopted that gimmick because of the sound, because of what Raven brought to brought to the table, just in terms of their own fresh or fresh or original sound. And and Mark Gallagher was the driving force on on the guitar with that. And he was a radioactive metal alum when um, when we did when we were doing the old album. Aut- Aut- album autopsy series oh yeah okay and myself and our former co-host rock we sat we sat down with mr gallagher and we dissected the all for one album well the whole time it's a good thing i wasn't you know it, i it wasn't in person it was you know over the skype and you couldn't see me the whole time dude marking out just the whole time, not to make a bad pun, but it's like, fuck, <laughs> you know, I mean, talking, I'm talking to one of the Gallagher brothers here. This is this is awesome. But, you know, you got to play it cool and all that, which that was a that was that was a trait that I picked up pretty quickly. You know, got got to play it cool. But on the inside, you know, you're just, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is so cool. This is so cool. Yeah, so yeah, Mark Mark Gallagher from the nice. Mighty Raven and the Raven are still doing it. They're still killing it. You know, it seems like every other year there's a new Raven record. I just Lars wish Lars would, you know, all of these great bands that you um you know that that influenced you and you loved so much when you're younger, like dude, you don't need to take five finger death punch on tour with you you need to take diamond head and raven on I tour really with can't you believe they haven't done that yet well they should i'm gonna kick lars in the shins for not doing that <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. if if i actually came through with all of the shin kicks over the years that i wanted to give people uh, i might be in jail right now what else you got all right. Cliche, but Kirk Hammett. Okay. And because, I get it. Again, I get it. James and Kirk go together. Mm-hmm. And Kirk, and again, just like thinking about influence, right? Because James Hetfield has such a sound in that, you know, that, that right hand palm mute. And then Kirk also has a very undeniable sound that so many guitarists have chased. Like, honestly, like, I think Ace Freely is the reason we have a lot of the metal guitarists we have, right? Mm-hmm. 
um, like Dimebag especially, but I think Kirk was the Ace Freely of metal. I think so. You know, I, I just think so many. And then, not to mention just the things he has done outside of music uh-huh. for the various communities. Mm-hmm. You know, between horror and just music and stuff like that. Just it's well, So, yeah, so Kirk. Yeah, that guy from Exodus. Every once in a while, I see... Uh... I see people being smart asses online, like no Kirk equals no Exodus. It's like, oh, shut up. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah. Kirk's one of all the Exodus with Kirk. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> shut up. I think Exodus has done quite well without him. <laughs> you know, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I got into metal, and people are going to laugh and try to control your snickering and all that, dude. That's right. I got into metal full time because of Venom. When I first discovered Venom, and people can, you know, bash them all they want, you know, about how they were a joke and they were, you know, they were a joke band and they they can't play, they can't do this, they can't do that. You knew who Venom were. Like they had their own sound. Okay, like nobody else, even though they came out of that new wave of British heavy metal scene, they never sounded like Diamond Head. They didn't sound like Bitches Sin. They didn't sound like Girls School. They didn't sound like Raven. Okay, they sounded like Venom. There was no one else like them. And the driving force behind Venom, okay, the antics of Kronos and the goofy lyrics... And the gimmicks and the images, but the driving force was Mantis's guitar. Oh yeah, yeah, I, I, like <laughs> you know, some people might 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 argue that because they weren't the most blessed, you know, instruments or they weren't the most blessed musicians and all that. But man, they influenced a generation, and they they cut their own path. And there was there was nobody like 80s Venom. And they probably never will be. Often duplicate, often imitated, never duplicated. So I definitely have to give a shout out to former radioactive metal alum Mantis. Unfortunately, it wasn't myself that, that spoke to him. When they came through Florida, our four good former co-host, you know, Rock, he sat down with Mantis and Abaddon and the whole time we're doing that episode, even though I wasn't speaking to him, I was kind of like, yeah, I got, <laughs> I got, I got Venom on my show. <laughs> yeah, this is what it's all about. So, Mantis, people don't like it. Well, sorry. Yeah, they can. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah, yeah. What's got? Uh, Scott Ian's my next one. Oh, yeah. Like okay. the other of the greatest rhythm guitarists on this list. Oh, for sure. For sure. Like, yeah. And and I know I'm sure a lot of people would say um, Spitz. And I do love Dan Spitz, um, especially for, you know, what he's done outside of metal with the, the watches and stuff. Like just hell of a guy. But <laughs> Scott Ian, dude, that sound, that, that palm view, that just... There was nothing like it, you know, and then add to that, that he's the primary lyricist also, you know? Oh, for sure. For Anthrax. So. Yeah. Yeah. And the, you know, even though 
even though he's not the vocalist and generally like the vocalist is the voice of the band and obviously Joy Belladon has done a great job of that over the years. Yeah. So is Scott Ian, you know, like his, 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 the sound of his voice is synonymous with anthrax. Oh yeah. And, and it has, distinct. it has been, yeah. Oh yeah. You know, it. you don't, you don't need when when you hear his voice, you don't need a DJ saying, yeah, we're talking to Scott Ian. Yeah. You know, you just hear it and you know it. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely, if I had more than five, that would definitely be, um, be on my list. I, I was just thinking, okay, there's just so many, this is telling me there's just so many great musicians that came out of that whole Bay area sound and scene. Yeah. Okay. We have to do like 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 a top ten great best musicians, our best Oof. out out of the San Francisco Bay Area scene. That's gonna be as tough as this whole thing's been. Oh, I'm sure it would be, yeah. Yeah, because you gotta do a little deeper dive as well. But when you do take that dive, you're going to um yeah, you're gonna come up with some great stuff. Hey, is it your turn? No, you just said Scotty. Yeah, Scotty and this. Okay. For myself, this is going to come as no surprise. But um, David Hewson. Okay. The guitarist of The Real Slaughter. Okay. Which I've put this band over so many times on the show. But like I said, there's a reason for it. He, he developed the, the, the chainsaw sound. You know, that bands like Entombed and Dismembered picked up a couple of years later and all that. That goes back to David Hewson and Slaughter on that amazing Strapato record. And, you know, the demos that came before that. And yeah, I'm not going to get into too much about this because, you know, I've tooted his horn many, many times on this show. And I will always continue just 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 for reasons like this all 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 of those great death metal bands that that came around the obituaries the deaths the deicides all those bands had the strapato album they did you know and if they said they didn't then they're lying and they're goofs liar liar pants on fire that's right <laughs> and i'm going to i'm going to kick them in the shins <laughs> as well yeah <laughs> uh, so what else you got here? I got one more, but what do you got? Well, I got two more. Carrie okay. King. Oh, yes. Yeah, there's no arguing this. Like, just because here's a guy that just, just like Eddie Van Halen, he had, like, his solos. Like, you knew a Carrie King solo. They're some of the most distinct in the world. That's why I made the list. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, as a, dude, as a matter of fact, I was just having a conversation with one of my normie co-workers. Okay. Um, the Beastie Boys No Sleep Till Brooklyn. Oh, came, came, yes. Came on the radio. Okay. And there's that Carrie King solo. Yeah. That, that really doesn't. It it doesn't really fit the song, but it does. <laughs> but it's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that was actually my first outside of pictures in a magazine and fanzines, but the first video 
that I'd ever seen of Kerry King was the promotional video for No Sleep Till Brooklyn. Oh, wow. I was just watching Much Music up here, which is Canada's equivalent of of M, of MTV. And I'm kind of looking at this and like, okay, this is a rap band, a good rap band. This is the band that did Fight for Your Right, right on. They kind of got that rock edge. Boom. Carrie King. What the fuck? <laughs> Holy shit. Holy shit. And it had that distinct sound. Like it, it was it was phenomenal. And that 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 moment, okay, is something I never forgot. Like I said, more than three decades later, I'm still talking about it. And it's because of such such a distinct sound. And is and Slayer, okay. It was such a big part of their sound as well that you just it was synonymous. It was synonymous. Been a long day. Yeah, yeah. Um, finally, this is this 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 isn't a metal, but you know what? Everyone, all metalheads, know who this guy is and what band and the most of the influential album, but. Steve Jones from the Sex Pistols. Yeah, that's a great never, choice. Never mind the books. No, the guy's not. The guy's not a shredder. The guy's not a guitar god. But like I said, that record, never mind the books, influenced not only like punk rock. You know the, you know the, the like you you had the Stooges, you had MC Five, fine, but it was the Sex Pistols that really turned it up a notch and really brought, you know, some mainstream attention to punk rock. And there's just a lot of punk bands. Okay. That like today, like when we were kids, when we were teenagers, not so much because the division between punk and metal was so strong, but now, but, but today there's so many metal heads that are exploited fans, dead oh, Kennedy's yeah. fans, the casualties, and the Sex Pistols is at the top of the list, you know. And it's those riffs, you know, from from God Save the Queen, from Pretty Vacant, you know, like it's it's those distinguishable riffs that that kind of stick in your head, you know, courtesy of uh, of Mr. Jones that make him one of the all time greats. Yeah, and again, it comes back to the songwriting. Mm-hmm. You know, like um, I always think a great joke for the hard times, because I don't know if you've <laughs> ever seen where they do like their every Blink-182 album ranked, every, you know, whatever. I I think it'd be funny to be like every Sex Pistols record ranked, <laughs> you know, because technically they only have one record. Mm-hmm. And when you think about that, and you think about the influence from a single record. Oh, yeah. How many bands can say that? Yeah. Maybe you know? one. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. That, that's what I'm going to think when I'm at work at t- tomorrow. I'm just going to think about how, how, how many one album bands really influenced had that much pull, like had had that much influence. Not a hell of a lot. No, no. And, and I mean, they just uh, the sound, all that sort of stuff. You know, it's just wow. Yeah, that's a great choice, dude. Right on, right on. And that's it for me. All right, my last one. 
Dave Mustaine. Of course, of course. Old Dave's good. Meg, old Mega Dave is going to be here in town in about four days. Oh no way! Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'm making this one, um, but it's probably going to be a last, a last minute decision either way. Um, I've seen Megadeth so many times. I don't need. I don't know if I need to drop the hundred bucks, but the last record is so damn good. It's so good, dude. Yeah, so I'm kind of like, ah, let's see, let's let's see what BA bank account has to say about me going to Megadeth at the last minute. I don't know. Well, and let's talk about this for a second, right? So, the last Megadeth record, the Sick, the Dying, the Dead, phenomenal, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. absolutely phenomenal. We'll be back, killer, killer closer, right? Um, but then seventy-two seasons. Absolutely killer. How many other genres have people in their 60s <laughs> putting out their best stuff yet? <laughs> um, there's artists that are still doing it, but as for their best stuff, or at least... But like the Rolling um, Stones, they're still doing it, but they're not putting yeah, out their best stuff. I don't know if the yeah, I I don't know about that. Yeah, you're. I love you're, Kiss. Right. They're in their seventies, but I wouldn't say they're putting out their best stuff in their six because I think they stopped putting out albums. Like the Stones and and Kiss, they just tour. They don't put out mm-hmm. new records. How you know how many other bands? And 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 it's it's an interesting shift, right? Because like. All the 70s arena rock bands, you know, kind of built up the following. And I mean, Kiss kept going through the 80s into the 90s. And they, they did a few records. Uh, what was their, la- was their last record in the 2000s with, um, oh, damn it. Why do I do this to myself? Hang on. The 2000s. Like, well, how old is Sonic Son- Boom? Is Sonic Boom. Okay, I was going to say. That's the last one, I think. Yeah, well, Monster. Monster what? is the last one? I'm not oh, sure. Oh, shit, you're right. Sonic Boom was 2009. <laughs> Monster really? was 2012. Really? The, the, that's 10 years now. Yeah. Since Monster. It doesn't feel... Oh, my God. Where did the no, time go? Okay, yeah, now I'm feeling old. Now I'm feeling old not because, I, you know, my first record was Rock and Roll Over back then. I'm feeling old because Monster is 10 fucking years old. (laughs) Wow. Okay. But like Psycho Circus 98, definitely not their best work. Um, yeah, I never really gave it much, you know, much attention. Sonic Boom doesn't get enough credit. I think that's a really good record that not, not enough people get that one credit for. Monster, Mm -hmm. I'd have to give him a listen. I mean, you guys know I'm a huge Kiss fan, but yeah, None of those current KISS records are 72 seasons. Fair enough. None of those are the sickly dying of the dead. And just, that's really something to think about. Like, fuck, look at uh, Anthrax. Like, when they came back with worship music and then For All Kings, it's just like, I'm sorry, did somebody just take us back to the eighties. <laughs> like how are all these bands all of a sudden putting out that caliber at 60, you know, 50 mm-hmm. at the time. But I mean, like 
and and you know for for anyone who says like oh well you know the Rolling Stones are eighty and playing yeah they're not playing that fast mm-hmm. like 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 it it'd be kind of like um, the guy who won a, like a gold medal let's say let's call it he won a gold medal forty years ago right and can go out and beat that time. He's not, yeah. If he's a speed skater, he's not, uh, yeah, yeah. He's not yeah. breaking any records like, now. I, I, people just don't understand the athleticism that goes into playing guitar. Yes, you know that that is key, and and especially metal. Like, yeah, it's it's the most physically demanding, and that's one of the things that I've I've always said. Like when I've heard so many normies. Oh, those metalheads, they can't play. You know, like, you've never heard a single note. Like, if you're going to tell me, you know, like, some of these, like, Randy Rhodes couldn't play, like, you already are already out of this conversation. Yeah. There's a name I can't believe any of us have mentioned. Well, because this so, is so hard. It is. It's it so is. hard. Right? One of these, one of the, sorry, one of these times you and I, we have to sit down and we have to take a cue out of uh, Guitar World magazines and come up with the 100 greatest guitarists of all time. Like, oh, and maybe we do like five a show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that that's going to be like a couple of days of us recording. It would be, and, yeah. You know, like, hey, we got to take a lunch break. You know. <laughs> yeah. Oh. No, for sure. Do you have anything else? Do you have any runner runner ups or anything? No, this, no, this not, not on the metal side. But I wanted to talk about the metals separately because all five of the people on my list were influenced by the other guitarists on my list. Mm-hmm. You know, oh yeah, like, I can see it. We wouldn't have the great metal that we have without all those other guitarists that we mentioned earlier. Oh no, for sure. For sure, for sure. Steve Jones, Pete Townsend, Tony Iommi, Tony and, and Pete Townsend. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Dave Hewson and Eddie Van Halen. You know, oh, Angus sure. and Malcolm. Yeah. Oh shit. You know. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't have so many of these of these great artists as well. Um. Well, my friend, if that's it, I'm kind of looking at the uh, clock on the wall here. I think we're going to forego our um, indie spotlight here because we are going into extra innings, which oh, yeah. that's 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 always fine. I love these conversations. Um, so yeah, let's kind of bring this crazy train into the station now. How can uh, people get a hold of us? All right. Well, dear snowman, radioactivemetal.org. That's all the episodes past, present, and future. Um, if you can find a podcast on the internet, you can find us with it. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's, you know, to say, oh, we're on this or we're on that, we're on iTunes. If you're not on iTunes um, and you're a podcast, I can't figure out what you're doing um Mm -hmm. but spreaker stitcher wherever else you kids find your podcast nowadays we're there um we're also on spotify and the reason we're on spotify is because we are members of the shiny wizards network 
Network, the ShinyWizardsNetwork.com, or ShinyWizardsNetwork.com, rather. Whole host of wrestling podcasts, lifestyle podcasts, great guys over there. They mm-hmm. also host our sister show here, uh, Wrestling Night in Canada, with Snowy, Ducky, and Mr. Matt Copper, who have all been on this show. Yeah, great guys. You know. So we've got that going on. And then if you want to see pictures of things we're talking about at rad metal, six, six, six on Instagram, facebook.com slash rad metal. And to drop us a line, rad metal, six, six, six at gmail.com. Right on, right on. And to get us on out of here, Witch Hazel new record, Witch Hazel Four sacrament on the new release rack. Check it out. Let's go out with, angel of light in the meantime and in between time that's it this has been a top five thank you john cusack episode of radioactive metal i'm snowy white and this is aaron signing off
I will bow to thee. I will bow to thee. 